scrambles left, got winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes! To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Heyo, Bucks fans. Welcome to the Bucks Trilogy Podcast. I'm your host, Scott the Vanilla Gorilla. I'm here with my boys, Trevor and Tyler T. Plush from the Wisconsin Trilogy Podcast. The Bucks have finished their bubble playing games, and we start the playoffs this weekend. So, boys, we get the Orlando Magic. How you doing? How you feeling about that? Well, I'm not really scared about round one, that's for sure. <laughs> so, uh, bubble playoff scenario, uh, going to be interesting to watch. So, uh, I'm ready for playoffs, though. The, those playing games were just dreadful. Like, the Bucks were resting everyone, and, you know, everyone's like, oh, they're losing. And I'm like, yeah, but Giannis only played 16 minutes or didn't even play. So, I'm ready for us to just go out there and be wrecker of worlds again and, you know, close the game out by the third quarter in this first round. That's my hope and dream anyway. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. I like Tyler said. I'm really excited to be excited about Bucks basketball. Like I was excited the first couple games, and then like they already clinched the first overall seed. Not that home court in the bubble really matters, but like I I just I didn't get that excited for the rest of them. Like I was excited to have Bucks basketball back, and then. I got to a point where you could kind of tell the Bucks were just trying to get through without injuries, and they knew they didn't have to win every game like the Phoenix Suns did. That was incredible. But, like, it, it just didn't interest me that much. It was great to see him back on the court and everything. Um, and I loved watching the times I was able to, but like Tyler said, I'm ready for some real Bucks basketball back. Yeah, I totally get that. I uh, I watched as many games as I could. Hell, I even rewatched a couple games just because I missed basketball that much. Um, but you could tell, like the teams that were set, they didn't really try that much. Look at the Lakers; they did trash too. And um, but it was those teams, basically the eighth eighth seed race teams in the West. That was basically all the teams that were trying in the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> they uh, somehow they rattled off a lot of crazy wins with that roster, but yeah, we don't have to play them, so we don't need to worry about it. So um, I guess based on those eight play-in games, whether it's in general or just about the Bucks. Did did you guys have any thoughts other than ones you just shared? Any any concerns from it? Anything you were excited to see or whatever? 
I think the only things I saw was Brooks started shooting the ball well from three. I think I saw Stett earlier in the playing games. He shot like 49%. And I was like, holy cow, like that's good. Because in the regular season, he was kind of struggling from that range. Otherwise, I think like Pat and Dante, like I felt kind of mixed about some of their performances. Maybe it's because they were getting a lot more playing time, but you know, when it comes down to it, it's just going to be, you know, Bled's going to get a lot more minutes. Wes is going to get a lot more minutes. So what those guys contribute in like an actual playoff rotation will probably be, you know, what, 15 minutes worth, you know, not up in the mid twenties. So I'm not overall too concerned about how they did. Yeah, I, I kind of am the same way. It was exciting to see Brooke Lopez be dominant at times. Like I can't remember what game it was that I watched. Maybe it was the Rockets game. Um, but he was like phenomenal in that game. Um, again, I'm not 100% sure that that's the game it was, but there was times where Brooke Lopez looked dominant. And if you add that with let's say Giannis, Chris, and Brooke Lopez are like their best selves in this playoffs. I don't see a lot of teams beating them, even if the other players don't show up to be quite as good. Um, I'm just really excited to see what that Brooke Lopez could bring to this team in a playoff setting. Yeah, I totally agree. I remember our last podcast, we talked about what we really wanted to see in those bubble games. And I, I know that mine, my number one was Brooke Lopez. Um, I I see all the time people are like, oh, the Bucks playoff run depends on if Bledsoe shows up or not. I don't agree with that. I think Bledsoe's kind of falling more into his role of penetrating and kicking out and using the majority of his his um, energy on the defensive end, which is where he's really successful. I think that the third leading scorer in the playoffs for the Bucks should be Brooke Lopez because, let's let's face it, he is kind of a more consistent scorer. He's a better shooter. Um, but then we also talked about the Bucks, how they would use Brooke, and I was really excited to see him post up a lot more. And that could be Bud kind of, maybe trying to show a false hand or something like, Oh, we're doing this more in the playoffs. Psych. It it could be, I don't know, but I'm really excited because he was, he was successful in the post. That's how he, he made it to the NBA and why he was a star at the beginning of his career. So it's cool to see him mix both in. We even got to see one of his uh, patented, slow-mo blow-bys Tyler I don't know if you got to see that one I know that's your favorite play in the game it certainly is it's probably so slow he's still trying to drive by someone so I haven't missed it yet yeah the the instant replay they can't do slow motion because otherwise it just looks like a picture (laughs) (laughs) so so I was excited for that. I, I know you said mixed reviews about Pat Connaughton. I was really excited about the way Pat Connaughton played. I thought he shot really well. Um, as someone who watched as many games as possible, the offensive output in the bubble is going to be huge. I feel like teams 
just added like an extra six to ten percent on their on their um, shot percentages. There's no crowd, fewer distractions. God, it just seems like teams weren't missing. They throw up whatever they want and it went in. So um, I was a little nervous because I I didn't see that from the Bucks <laughs> a lot, but I thought Pat was was one of our really consistent shooters. Um, Kyle Korver got hot towards the end too. So um, otherwise, I didn't, there wasn't there wasn't anyone else who really stood out that much to me. Um, and that could just be getting their legs back under them, but we'll we'll see. They they still have four more warm up games before it gets real. <laughs> but um, <laughs> let's talk about those games anyways. So obviously the Bucks play the Orlando Magic. Um, they technically have home court advantage, <laughs> which means they get virtual fans at the game and loud noise um, going for them. Um, but if you look at their regular season matchup, the Bucks swept them. Um, they there weren't really close games. Um, I think the closest was a nine point victory. Um, so Bucks Bucks didn't have any issues with the Magic this year. Uh, if you look at injuries, the Bucks are pretty clean right now. Um, I, unless something has just happened that you guys know about, I don't have any injuries chalked up for the Bucks. Um, not, yeah. No, I was Confirm. just gonna say I, I am not aware of any injuries. <laughs> Good. Knock on wood, there are none. Um, unfortunately for the Magic, they have several. Um, is Probably most of you know Jonathan Isaac tore his ACL right at the beginning of the playing games. Um, Mo Bamba has left the bubble. Uh, I believe it was Friday. Uh, he had a positive test for Corona, so he he had to leave. Um, Al Farouk Amino hasn't played for a long time. Michael Carter Williams has been struggling with some injuries recently too. Um, so has Markel Fultz. Kind of had a little bit of a of a scare, and then Aaron Gordon, um, he was walking around with a boot, um, and he missed a couple of the bubble games. So we'll see if he'll be ready. Um, everything that I've heard, he should be good to go for Tuesday, but um, time will tell. So what we're gonna do, guys, is we're gonna we're gonna break it down. We're gonna look at the starters matchups the bench, and then kind of like coaching slash intangible stuff. So uh, let's get started with point guard. So we got Eric Bledsoe, and I'm going to assume that their starting point guard is Markel Fultz. What do you think there? Um, I think that makes sense for the Magic. Um, We kind of mentioned this before we started recording that, you know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of debate for any of us um, between the starting or even the bench for that matter in terms of what roster is going to win out. Um, I think very clearly the Bucks are more talented. You look at that point guard position, Eric Bledsoe, for whatever you want to say about playoff Bledsoe, he's still, I feel like he's still a better player. I think Marco Fultz has a lot of talent, but 
we haven't really seen him live up to that. What what was he number two one. overall draft pick? No, number one. Number um, one. He has not lived up to that at all. We have not seen that. Bledsoe has been a better player. I can't imagine that Markel Fultz is going to make him go into postseason bled, but we will see about that. I think moving ahead to shooting guard, Wes Matthews, Evan Fournier. Fournier gets hot. Maybe he causes an issue, but for me, he is one of those guys that, like I said, if he gets hot, he can definitely cause issues, but I feel like he's not hot way more often than he is hot. Um, and that's why he's not one of the better shooting guards in the league. He is a very streaky shooter, and that's going to kind of continue. And if they, in fact, put Wes Matthews on him, it's going to be hard for him to be good because Wes Matthews as an individual defender is is very, very good at doing that. So I can't imagine he's going to go off small forward. Very clearly, Chris Middleton has the advantage there. Power forward, again, very, very clearly, I'll take Giannis over Aaron Gordon any day of the week. And center, Brooke um, versus Nikola Vucevic. I mean, he's a great – both of them are great players. So this, to me, is the closest to a wash. Um, but Brooke is just so versatile defensively – well, not very versatile. He's just very good defensively <laughs> in the paint. And then offensively, that's where his versatility comes in. You know, he can get buckets back to the basket in the post, and then he can shoot 35-footers and drain them. So to me, I would still probably take Brooke. So when you take every single one of the starters from the Bucks over every single one of the starters for the Magic, I mean, to me, this should be very, very similar to their regular season matchup in which the Bucks swept the Magic. Yeah, I agree with you, Trevor. I mean, you talked about West and the Fournier matchup. That's the one I'm really kind of looking for. I mean, Fournier seems like, to me, one guy who could really kind of exploit the Bucks drop, pick, and roll situation because he can generate, generate some buckets off the bounce, off the dribble, and has a really good stroke from three and mid-range. So, you know, can he carry the team and get hot that way for the Magic? I mean, maybe, but... It'd have to be a long shot for him to do that all series long. And then, like, Vucevic is their other main big scorer. And like you said, Brooke's going to be on him. I think it'll be interesting to see Brooke kind of, you know, step outside of the paint closer to three-point line, how he defends him that way. Can he, you know, not foul if Vucevic tries to drive on him? And they like to utilize Vucevic in a lot of different ways, set screens. So Brooke's going to have to move his feet and um, – kind of shuffle that way so a little bit kind of an interesting defensive matchup for Brooke as what he's used to doing I think yeah and before you jump in Scott I just want to mention something about that Wes Matthews Evan Fournier matchup if Fournier gets hot I think the absolute best that Magic can hope for is he gets hot enough to carry them to one two-point victory or three-point one-point victory like just barely edge the bucks that he gets hot enough to do that. But I, like you said, I do not see him doing that for a full series. Um, like I said, especially against the great defensive individual defender that Wes Matthews is. And if you put blood on him, I think you have a similar type of defensive kind of point or 
person against him um, and blood might be better. And then also if you switch Chris on him, he's going to be able to shut him down. Giannis is going to be able to, like, I just don't see how he's going to be able to go off consistently against this team, no matter who ends up being on him, especially out, out of the starting rotation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to look back at that point guard matchup with Bledsoe and Markel Fultz. I see this as a fantastic matchup for Bledsoe. I, don't get me wrong. I really do like Markel. I, I was really happy that he got traded from the 76ers because I just think that was kind of a toxic situation for him. Plus, fuck the Sixers. Um, and he he did make a big leap this year. He's starting to come into himself and find his role on the team. Um, but I think it's a great chance for Bledsoe to prove his haters wrong. Um, he's going against a young, still pretty inexperienced point guard who is not known for playing great defense. So he's got a great shot to to make a statement and to find his groove and hopefully get out of this rut that he's been in the past few years. Um, so I'm that's one matchup I'm really going to be watching here. Um, as you said, also, like the Brook and Vucevic matchups, a solid one. Obviously, Nikola was an all-star this year. Um, he shoots the three ball quite a bit. He shot just under um, 300 of them so far this year, and he made them at a 34% clip, which is that's solid. 34% from a center, that's pretty good. Um, and he actually shot almost 37% last year. So he's got a good stroke. We'll see how that works with our um, drop defense, like Tyler mentioned. Um, so those are those are kind of what I'm looking for. And you guys mentioned Fournier. I'm kind of more concerned about their shooting guard off the bench. Um, so we'll move on to the bench. We look at Magic. They have Terrence Ross. Um, that's that's one guy that can get really hot. He he's also really streaky, but he the Magic looked to him for so much offense. Um, he averaged just under 15 points per game. Um, then they got DJ Augustine, who is he's a good, experienced veteran player. Again, another person who can get hot and kind of carry carry the offensive load with 10.5 points per game and about 4.5 assists per game. Then you got some defensive guys, uh, Wesley Wundu, Kem Birch, and Gary Clark. Um, they're not guys that are really going to move the needle. You know, they're solid, um, solid defensively, like I said, but they're, they're not going to put up many points. Um, you guys know the Bucks, Bucks bench. Um, before I even say it, like, we know that the Bucks are going to win this matchup of the benches the majority of the time. They're one of the deepest teams in the league. You got George Hill. Uh, you got Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton. Um, you got Ursan or Marvin Williams. And then you got Rolo um, as our big bench guys. So what do you guys think when you look at our benches? Yeah, and Kyle Cover. Don't forget about Corver. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> so, sir. Um, you know, 
you with going through all the Bucks bench right there, I fully expect uh, Coach Bud to actually probably use all of them. Like I expect a big rotation this first matchup, so he's still going to keep our starters fresh and whatnot. And you're probably not going to see cuts and some of these guys not playing until round two would be my guess. You know, that'll be more interesting to watch once we get there. But for now, I fully expect 10, 11 man rotation. And yeah, like you said, it's without a doubt the Bucks are going to win this matchup. It's just going to be, you know, who who off the bench guards Terrence Ross and can, you know, somebody try and shut him down and how they decide to do that will be interesting. So, uh, Tyler, let, let me ask you, you don't think that Bud would kind of try to solidify that that um, smaller rotation yet? Try to no. get guys in, in like, a, a rhythm? No, I don't think so, because when we played the Pistons last year, he didn't do that, so I'm going to assume he's not going to do it this year, which is kind of my reasoning. Fair enough. And... For me, I definitely get what Tyler's saying. I think I think early on in games, first and second quarter, you're going to see a lot more of the the rotation that you're going to see. You know, eight, nine guys, that's going to kind of be the rotation early on. And if and when the Bucks break the game open, you know, it's 12, 15, 20-point game, then you're going to start seeing more of those players come in to get to that 10-11 type of rotation because you're right. I think Bud thinks that this series is going to be a win. He's going to want to keep his players fresh. But I also think there's a certain point where we're going to see early on in games and late in games, if it gets close, I think we're going to see what that kind of playoff rotation is going to actually look like. And kind of the second, third quarter – Bud's going to be a little bit more loose. He's going to let Giannis, Chris, Brooke, Bled, all those guys, he's going to let them kind of rest a little bit more um, and have them play more consistently early and late in games, one, to get a lead, and two, to make sure they keep it if it becomes close later in the game. Um, So that's kind of what I'm expecting in terms of that rotation. You look at the bench, you know, you mentioned it, it's – it's basically Terrence Ross, DJ Augustine, and defensive pieces for the Magic that are going to do a solid job, but nothing to move the needle. To me, Terrence Ross is a guy that like always scares me as a Bucks fan, whether it's in Toronto or now with the Magic. I just feel like he's a guy that can get hot so easily, just like uh, Fournier and the starters. I think he is the guy to be mindful of off the bench. I think Augustine is a fine player. He's been a fine player in this league for quite some time now, but Terrence Ross is the guy that he can drop 35 and no question in a game. Um, That would not surprise me at all. So that's the guy I'm most worried about, but it's still when you only have one, two guys in the starting rotation, um, maybe Aaron Gordon worries you a little, little bit too, but then one guy on the bench and two to three guys in the starting rotation that worry you. And the Bucks have eight, nine, ten guys that could worry the Magic. Like, it just, this is something that we kind of expected from this 1-8 matchup. The Bucks are just a more talented team. And the East isn't deep enough yet to have a great number eight like 
the West might have more of a trouble. The the Lakers might have trouble in that first round against their eight matchup. Yeah, and obviously with Damian Lillard, yeah, <laughs> that's never an easy matchup. Okay, Especially... what, what is he going to average in the first round of the playoffs? They might <laughs> not get through it, but he's going to average like 45, 50 points because that guy is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to have a broken back like his teammate CJ after that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> I do kind of want to just point out again, the injuries to the magic. Um, they, they have some important injuries. You look at Jonathan Isaac, a lot of people say like he can be, one of the toughest matchups against Giannis. And that's because he's got a similar build. Obviously, he's he's still younger and hasn't bulked up quite like Giannis has, but he's got some extreme length. His, his ability to block shots and just disrupt passes is really good. Um, and then Mo Bamba, of course, we all know him from his song. Um, he plays great defense as well as a over seven footer. Um, and then Alfredo Camino um, didn't, I don't think he had too much um, playing time, but he, again, he is a solid three and D um, power forward, small forward guy. Um, so that having three injuries like that is obviously going to hurt your chances not that they were great to begin with, but still thought I should point that out. Uh, last, I, what do you guys think about the coaching matchup? Obviously, Coach Bud was nominated by his his colleagues to be co-coach of the year, um, which he won last year as well. So him versus Steve Clifford, any, any um, wild thoughts? No real wild thoughts. Steve Clifford's just got to be pulling his hair out with all these injuries, trying to figure out what to do <laughs> and just recruit some other guys off the street. Maybe, I don't know, but <laughs> he's going to have to really coach out of his mind to, you know, give the magic a chance at all. Well, I just, I just need to point out Tyler, if he did recruit people off the street, they would have to quarantine for two weeks. So <laughs> they couldn't play anyways. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it's too late. Unless he's had some guys quarantining. Like, what if MJ was just in there warming up, <laughs> quarantining? <laughs> um, I mean, I think Bud pretty handily is the better coach here. Um, I mean, you mentioned that being nominated again for Coach of the Year. That That's a lot that's big honors for him. Um, I think Steve Clifford's a fine coach, but to me, there's nothing spectacular about what he has done in the NBA, but he's a fine coach. He's, you know, he was a coach for the Hornets from 2013 to 2018. And since then he's been the Orlando magic head coach. And listen, he's done a fine job. They haven't won anything big, but I also don't really, think that those teams have had the talent to to win big um, outside of having Kemba Walker obviously you'd like to win a little bit more than they have but outside of Kemba what did the Hornets really have so I, I do think he's a fine coach but with the talent that Bud has and 
just the talent of Bud as a NBA head coach, I think it's not really that close in terms of the coaching matchup as well. Yeah, I, I do think Steve Clifford is a good coach, especially on the defensive end. And I think you're kind of right. Um, offense, I think you can really coach up a team defensively, but offense, you got to have the talent to do it. Um, like offense is going to be so hard if you don't have a full-blown superstar yet. I mean, he had Kemba, who's a great offensive weapon, but yeah, like you said, he didn't have another number two. You can't really have a phenomenal offensive team with that. Um, but talking to Steve Clifford's defense, I'm I'm pulling these numbers from J.R. Ratcliffe of Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. The Magic were number one in opponents' second-chance points, so they did not allow many second-chance points. Number two in opponent points off turnovers, which Bucks Bucks like to run and gun. They like to like break up passes and then push the ball. Um, number four in opponent fast break points. Again, Bucks thrive off that. Giannis in transition, unstoppable. Uh, and number nine in points in the paint, which um, Bucks are they're a drive and kick team. So. Of of course, most of the games that contributed to those rankings it did include the phenomenal defensive players Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba. So uh, you can take those numbers with a grain of salt if you want, um, but still, it's a team. A, a successful defense is all the team members contributing. So, what do you guys think about that? The second chance points is kind of interesting, but they've they've never played against Ursan Ilyasova, so. No. Oh, they have, and Ursan Ursan did actually really well during one of those matchups. I believe he got 17 points. No, oh, dang. Yeah, Ursan Ursan dominated one of those games. <laughs> Perfect. Like to see him out there, but I do think those stats, like you said, are worth mentioning that they were with key pieces who are now, you know, injured. So I'm taking them with a grain of salt. It doesn't make me any, you know, think anything more about this matchup at all. Yeah, and to me, I haven't watched a lot of Magic basketball, um, but to me, Amino and Isaac were the ones that really contributed to that. I haven't watched a lot of Mo Bamba in the NBA, so I don't really know what he contributes defensively. But I feel like that Jonathan Isaac and Al Farouk Amino are a big part of that defense, those defensive stats. So, yes, you have to be mindful that they are a good defensive team. They're not going to allow you just to run like the Bucks do and – get a lot of turnovers and score off of those and all those types of things. And they're going to try to limit those fast break opportunities. But like I, like Tyler said, you kind of do have to take those with a grain of salt, considering some of their best, at least bigger or wing, wing defenders are not able to play in this series. So that's going to be pretty tough for them to keep up those stats. Um, but it definitely is worth noting. And I do think, Steve Clifford definitely deserves some credit for that. Yeah. And so even with that great defense, uh, game number one, Bucks 123 points. Game two, 110. Game three, 
111, game four, 111. So great defense or not, Bucks still kind of tore them up there. And and in the bubble with added focus and intensity, is it going to be, you know, 120, 121, 121, and 132? Is, is that what what it's going to be with, you know, what seems like easier shooting and all of that stuff. And like I said, with increased intensity of this actually being playoffs and now the games matter, how is that, how are the Bucks going to respond to that? And is this magic defense going to be able to compete with that? Right. Right. So, so with all that said, was there anything that we didn't touch on that you guys want to bring up or any keys to the series that you guys are going to be watching out for? For for me, it's not a key to the series. It's a key to this potentially deep slash championship run. And that is Eric Bledsoe. I feel like we've we talked about it on this podcast already that a lot of people are saying, you know, it, a lot of it matters or a lot of this depends on if Eric Bledsoe can play well and help this team get to an NBA Finals and potentially win one. And I do think that's right to a point. I do think there's more to that. I think Brooke Lopez, George Hill, there's a lot of guys that are going to have to contribute, including Giannis and Chris Middleton. There's a lot more than just Bled. But I feel like why people say that is because if we get regular season Eric Bledsoe, it changes what this team is capable of in the playoffs. So that's what I'm going to be watching. Can Eric Bledsoe use these four games to kind of rev up, get going, get confidence, be like, I can do this in the playoffs too. This is not a mental block for me. Let's go out and do this and prove that I can do this and have a great fucking postseason because I think he can do it and he needs to start out strong, especially in this matchup to get that confidence to get that swagger going and let's get regular season blood in the playoffs through the playoffs and, and let's win a championship. So I, I got to ask you how short of a leash does Bud have with Eric Bledsoe this year? We saw it last year, George Hill was phenomenal in the playoffs and you could see him taking over minutes from Bledsoe. Uh, even points during the regular season, you could see Bud kind of trusted George a little bit more, a guy who's proven time and again that he he can step up in big moments. What do you think? I think I, I it is tough because I think it's it's hard not to go with George Hill, right? Because George Hill brings a lot of the same stuff, but he can shoot a lot better. And consistently wise, like George Hill is the shooter in of those two players, Bledsoe brings a lot of different things, but he doesn't shoot the ball well. So in late game situations, he's still good defensively, but he can shoot. And if you need offense, you're going to lean George Hill more than Eric Bledsoe. That being said, I think George Hill still has to play well. And there nothing is telling me that he won't, but he still has to play well to, to get that role. I think if we see kind of vintage Eric Bledsoe and not vintage playoff Eric Bledsoe, vintage regular season Eric Bledsoe. We are, he definitely 
can deserve some of that time. And does this mean that we're going to see closing lineups of George Hill, Bledsoe, Chris, Giannis, and Brooke? Or if they go big, they can throw Wes in there and throw – or go small, excuse me. Throw Wes in there, put Giannis at the center and kind of shift everyone down. Is that a possibility to have more perimeter defenders? Like I feel like they, we could go and see Eric Bledsoe and George Hill on the floor at the same time closing out games because they're both good defensively. Bledsoe yeah. brings you that driving kick – type of offense and if he does that rather than settle for threes and try to get out of his funk that way that's going to be beneficial having um hill on the floor is going to be beneficial in late game situations he is cold-blooded in those situations and except then, for mavericks game <laughs> <laughs> that's true still um, better and then having whether it be west chris and Giannis or chris Giannis and brooke I, I would not be mad with any of those combinations and it's going to be dependent on both how Eric plays, how George plays. And then you can also throw in Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, Wes Matthews, how all of these guys play. I think it's going to be very fluid because bud, everyone typically goes to, you know, eight, nine man rotations in the playoffs Bud is a little bit more lenient on that. We'll see it more in this series more than others, I think. But there was times in previous years where he goes, you know, 10 deep, sometimes even 11 deep in the playoffs. Most teams don't do that. But this depth and how people are playing is going to vary their roles, especially come crunch time in, in the NBA playoffs. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's nice that we got guys that we can slot into multiple spots and different lineups we can roll with um yeah i think i think we covered it guys i'm i'm really excited to see the bucks come out and just take care of business um there's obviously that interview with Giannis that it seems like the media is twisting saying Giannis is furious or frustrated by the Bucks' lack of effort in the in the three and five uh, bubble games, so like that's not how Giannis said it. He, Giannis would never ever throw any of his teammates under the bus. We all know that he would blame himself before he would blame anyone else. Even if Bledsoe threw up a half court shot instead of giving Giannis an open dunk, you know. So I. I'm excited to see them start meshing, start taking it a little more serious, hopefully, and just dominating again. So thank you guys for joining us. Uh, We will keep updated throughout the playoffs. Definitely have another podcast out for the second round matchup and the conference finals matchup and the finals matchup. And then, of course, we'll have one reviewing their championship run so thanks again for coming out and we'll talk to you next time go bucks bucks and six bucks and four come on Tyler. <laughs>